Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Uncapped Podcast, brought to, you by Un- <clears throat> brought to you by Roast House Pub, one of Frederick's finest craft beer and culinary destinations, where great people come to drink amazing beer. Visit them to track their taps and meet menu at roasthousepub.com or download the digital pour app to track what's on tap. And back in the studio again are two of my favorite uh, alcohol producers. Thank you. Colin McGuire and Graham (laughs) Colin. Yes, let's give them a round of applause. (laughs) We have Braden Bumpers and Tyler Hegemeyer of McClintock Distilling. Got them. Yeah. Thank you for coming back in. Glad to be back. And I'm very proud of myself after last week's complete debacle. I said both your names correctly. Yeah. I was sitting waiting for you to butcher at least one of them. (laughs) Bumpers isn't too hard, but Hegemeyer gets literally everyone. I I say Braden Bumpers at least five times a week just because (laughs) it's so fun to say. (laughs) You don't know how many strange looks he gets when he says his name. Like, Bumpers? They remember it. Like the car. Like, no, really. What's your name? (laughs) All right, fine. So... You guys have been in business for a year now. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Yeah. It's been, yeah, almost a full year since we were here last. And congratulations, I didn't, you're at 55 episodes we now. Are. That's awesome. Yeah, that's crazy. Was Even it really though a year gr- since we were here last? No, not quite. You were here towards the beginning of last year, so it's kind of, we'll round up. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. Close enough. Yeah. So the, um, actually, first let's just talk about uh, your party. You're having a big party this weekend. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so for that will be our one-year anniversary party. So we got new products released that we can talk about in a little bit. Uh, we have some really cool bands that will be playing there. Uh, you know, Lizzie West and Co. is great. Double Motorcycle, they're they're okay. You know, slightly <laughs> better than average. Yeah, they they'll be good. But yeah, that's great. Thanks, <laughs> thanks guys. Thanks so much. No, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be fun. We're going to yeah. drink liquor. Yes. All day. Yeah, we got the Sweet Farm doing some some uh, some different food. We well, got yeah, what food is going to be there? So they're doing their kraut bar, but they're also going to be selling pre-batched mixers. So you can take your samples and make yourself whatever you want. Wow. Um, It'll be our first go at doing mixed sample cocktails. Yes, yes. Oh. So. Staying within our legal bounds. Yes. What's a kraut bar? So they, it's 11 different sauerkrauts. I was going to say, my guess is it. It's exactly what it sounds like. Yes. That's, that's just, it? Just sauerkrauts. Sauerkraut. Okay. Well, with your sausage. Yeah. You get a brat. Oh. And you put whatever krauts you they want. They have onions? Uh, they have they pickled like fermented onions. They got like kimchi. They got onions. They got pickles. Uh, they got yeah. a little bit of everything. Can't we just have hamburgers? <laughs> they're, no. they're better than a hamburger. Okay. <laughs> but you can stop by McDonald's on your way in and satisfy all your needs. Your <laughs> typical disgruntled artist over here. Yeah. Not I just want a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. We'll have the send, green room stocked with whatever you need. Send over yeah. your rider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we get to send over a rider? Yeah, for sure. I'll pick out whatever color M&Ms you don't want to eat and make sure it's ready just the way you like it, Colin. Okay. Sky Vodka. Okay, no problem. Ah, no problem. Shot, shot at you. <laughs> <laughs> so you had um, you said that there will be a special new release yes. of alcohol this uh, weekend. Is it the double motorcycle double stout? Yeah, it oh, that's is. it. That's How did what you it guess? is. I think it, I think Colin decided that the more times he says it, <laughs> someone's going to make it. Double stout he. cycle. <laughs> So yeah, this this uh, December second, we'll be releasing our cognac finished in cognac. I mean, our gin finished in cognac barrels. It's Whoa. a product that we've been dreaming about for over a year. 
ever since we first got our hands on some Hennessy VSOP casks. Come out of the Cognac region of France, and they're really hard to get to. Uh, we've tried to get more this year, and they just sent the pallet over or the shipment over, and we gave them a call after about 15 calls we've been giving them over the last month, and they have sold them all. Wow. So we are still trying to get more, but they are really hard to get to, and we're really excited to be finally releasing it. So yeah, December 2nd will be the first time we release it, and, uh, and we've been waiting on it for a while. Is it just Braden's is baby? Are uh, cognac barrels popular to use for aging, or is it just there's a limited number of them? There's, you know, cognac yes. only comes from the one region in France, and they can actually reuse their barrels, so they uh, don't okay. really have any reason to send them out. So they actually sell them for more than what you buy just a brand new that. barrel for. So there's probably, there's a few containers full that come to the U.S. every year um, for, like, finishing uh, different whiskeys or uh, beer makers have started using them um, if you want to buy, like, a $15 bottle of beer. Um, But (laughs) we were fortunate enough to be able to kind of uh, intercept just a small order as it was coming through Baltimore. They had two extra pallets. So, like, Fast and the Furious style? Yeah. You took over a Mack truck? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mack truck McDonald's. High-speed pursuit uh, out of Baltimore, and we uh, got ourselves five barrels. But at this point... We'll just be using them once, so once we harvest these barrels, this product will be, be gone. So it is a true limited release. Ooh. <laughs> Colin's so, excited. <laughs> it, so you won't you, – if you if you filled them again, you you wouldn't get enough of the cognac yeah. flavor? Yeah. or exactly. So when they're shipped, they actually still have a half gallon to a gallon of cognac in the, in the bottom because you can't ship an empty barrel, it'll dry out and then become. I really found hard out to use. about the drying out of barrels. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> found out about it too. <laughs> yeah, there was a huge uh, jump real quick. There was a huge uh, shortage in barrels, so early on we had ordered all our barrels about a year in advance, and so they all dried out. You're the not every the barrel cognac, or the, the little cognac, the little the uh, thirty gallon barrels we use for okay. our rye and bourbon whiskeys. <clears throat> so the, you had those stored yeah. empty and but the cognac barrels came in really nice i mean nice. when you filled them up they it was kind of pushing out the smell of the cognac I mean, it was it one was of the so most good. amazing smells we've ever ever had going on in the distillery and um i i was focused on making fun of colin so i apologize <laughs> that's if a good you, focus that's a good if focus. you um mention it but how long were was it aged um, so we did these ones for four months, so it was a lighter aging, so you get that nice golden color. It was starting to extract a little more of the oakiness, and with the gin, there's so many of those really light, nice aromatic compounds. So as the oak started to kind of subdue those lighter notes, we pulled it, and f- we weren't sure. We were thinking six months, but four it really was, was the target that yeah, we had. We weren't sure how long it would be. We were actually thinking at least probably six months, maybe upwards of a year. And so we weren't even ready to pull it. Like when it was like, oh my God, it's, it's ready to go. We pulled it off, put it on glass so it stopped aging, but we didn't have a name, we didn't have a label, we didn't have anything, which is why we've had this product in glass ready to go for like the last four months. But We've been kind of plugging away, trying to think of names, which we're not very good at, <laughs> which is why this is called McClintock's Reserve. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're finally – we had the labels sh- – first labels arrived last week, and they had shipped us a professional degreasers label. So that didn't work very well. So we got off the phone with them. They overnighted us labels, and they got here this past Friday. Yeah. I did, the b- labels are beautiful. Yeah. I really like really them. really excited how they turned out. Are you going to use the, like, have a whole line of 
McClintock's Reserve, I and then know. or we'll be doing some other small batch stuff. We've already been kind of playing around with like a spring or summer gin for next year, so we'll do a few more limited release um, products that'll be kind of similar. But I mean, this label is just really nice uh, for for product like this. So we might we might reuse it, might not. So the um, barrel aging, which I, I don't know a whole lot about, so. You know more now. Yeah, Yeah. I do know. Uh, (laughs) Brandon taught me all about uh, long words. Yeah, a a bunch of long words. I still have no idea what they mean. (laughs) So, but it it seems like there's a real art behind barrel aging. It's not that you just you're not dumping the product into a barrel and just letting it sit there for a certain amount of time. Right. There's there's so much, and there's a lot of really really good distillers that kind of showed us the way early on and they really emphasized the barrel aging is such a critical part of any kind of aged spirit. So like your bourbon, your rye, this product, there's so many factors that can determine, you know, what it turns out like, your char level, your aging conditions, what's actually, you know, what you put in, the compounds that are in the the alcohol itself will change depending on what kind of wood it is. So it's you know, we, we put a lot of focus into our barrel aging process, and this was our first go at using a second-use barrel, um, which was really even more another layer of awesome compounds that are in the woods themselves from the cognac. So it's fun. Yeah, people often don't realize how much the barrel aging and where it's done changes the product. If you look at, like, Pappy Van Winkle and Willet, they're actually both made by Buffalo Trace. They buy the exact same blank juice, and they're aged in different locations. And that's where the differences in profile come from. But in the beginning, they're exactly the same. And I, I, so I'm not familiar with both of them. So are they very popular, very expensive brands. Yes. But they, they taste completely different? I wouldn't or? say completely, but enough that for starting from the exact same juice. Okay. So does um, having the cognac already in there, what what added difficulty does that bring as opposed to all your other products has been in virgin barrels? Yeah. Um, so with the... The cognac, we're, so we actually were the first American distillery that we know of that has aged gin in cognac casks. So we were kind of going into this with a really, we, we didn't really know what it would come out like. Um, now you can be a consultant. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you need any help, we're several thousands of dollars per day. So Minutes. call us. Yeah. Per minute. Yeah, so call us. Um, but we tried some different um, whiskeys that had been aged in uh, cognac yeah. casks to kind of do some what we thought the flavor profile would be extracted. You know, we know the base compounds that are in the cognac itself. So we tried to make a different new botanical mix for this gin that would complement like the grape brandy, that fruit body. Um, and we're really happy with the way it turned out, you know, 50% luck, 50% really really good luck another 50 percent <laughs> dumping stuff down the drain yeah <laughs> we're a total of 150 yep but yeah we kind of toned toned back some of the florals and sweeter notes because a lot of that fruit body from that brandy of the cognac comes in there anyway so we didn't want it to be too sweet too overpowered if you do other limited release what would you do would you do a gin would you do we do whiskeys and whiskeys? gin and we have some liqueurs that we're working on as well right now Ooh, we're like teaming up with uh, element shrub uh-huh. they're the guys that we sell those shrubs in-house they're old way of preserving fruit using apple cider vinegar and he's been bringing us his fruit mashes so when he makes those things he's just taking whole organic fruits and spices maybe just chopping them up a little bit and then he seeps them for several months 
And when he's done with that, there's still a lot of residual sugars left over, a lot of the flavors of what he's putting in there. And so he's brought us a few hundred pounds of this mash, and then we've been combining it with some redistilled uh, neutral grain that we've produced. So we're taking our organic neutral and mixing it with all of his organic botanicals and spices. We've been, yeah, they've been seep macerating for about three weeks now. They're probably about ready to go out. Uh, we'll probably pull them off in, in the next couple of weeks and decide how we want to mix them down, what we want to do with them. Also, haven't thought of names or labels for those. So. <laughs> you may want to get on that. Uh, we haven't ordered bottles for them either, so <laughs> that's usually our, We're our really, bottleneck. So what you're saying is yeah. you plan ahead for everything. Yes, for everything. Very, yeah. very far in advance. Really just good at planning in But well, we don't know if we're going to like what comes out, so there's a chance that we just get rid of it. So we want to make sure we like what it is before we start putting the money into names and labels and bottles. Yeah, because, I mean, you can, as with this one, there nothing's going to change from at, from when you bottle it to yeah. when you can release it, right? Yeah, once it's on glass, it, it's, it stops. It pretty much stops aging. Gin can, at first, the essential oils continue to react with each other. Even in the glass, it changes, but for the most part, glass stops all that process. Then why don't people release liquor and other things other than glass? They do in plastic when you get your really nice stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, yeah, whenever I buy my bottle of Fireball, it's always plastic. Let's well, to keep you Classy. safe. <laughs> <laughs> no, like why don't people release it in barrels, wooden things? Because then it would continue to age. So yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I mean, that's wouldn't why that they fun? do the small We all barrels. continue to age. That's yeah. true. There's no Especially stopping that. Especially Chris, yeah. <laughs> you try, to put, try to put us on glass, see what happens. Yeah. A year ago, Chris Colin's didn't taking have shots those back. <laughs> <laughs> Time for shots to go back. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Mac truck McDonkey. Colin has a lot of bad ideas. Yes. Um, every once in a while, he gets a good one. Uh, he's probably going to bring up the stout a few more times. Double That's stout cool. cycle. I like it. By I the like way, it. I don't want to go as Colin for this podcast. I want to go as C Nasty. <laughs> 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 We should bring your that boy in. C nasty. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you had to change up. Um, the inside jokes are the best on the things that a lot of like thousands yeah, of people yeah, listen to. Everyone understands what we're talking about right now. <laughs> so, and it really annoys Graham too. You can see him over there seething. His face is getting red. Speaking of looking older, Graham, oh. <laughs> pull the camera over. And <laughs> And I think gram. he's aged three years during this podcast. <laughs> so the um, you you had said you had to change up the uh, botanicals a little bit uh, for the gin, mm-hmm. uh, the cognac aged gin. Did you did you have to do some trial and error with that, or was it just your experience with flavor profiles that you were able to just plan ahead and know what? We we played around with it for a little bit. Um, we ended up making kind of several different offshoots and then blending them together to what we thought would go well in the cognac and then put that into it. And then from there, we were able to kind of fine-tune the recipe and then we, we could just uh, fill them up from there. Yeah, we no longer have to do the combinations together. Mm-hmm. So in, um, so you're only going to use those barrels once. Is, can, is there something else you can use them with or you'll just ship them off to someone else? Yeah, to... we got a lot of brewers who are chopping at the bit to get them so we'll probably just send them out to some of our friends in the brewing industry cool i don't th- i don't know if i've ever had a well definitely well that would be a weird mixture to put it on yeah yeah you get a lot of confused by like a, a, a gin aged beer would be I kind think of interesting yeah i don't even know what style you'd put maybe a belgium some like 
I don't know what you would put in there. Somebody was floating. They were doing like a uh, like a Norwegian style like juniper beer, and then they were going to age that in the cognac cask and get some of the more like citrus components to be unlocked in there. And, but we'll leave it up to them as long as you know they buy the barrels off it, and we we don't really care what they do with it. <laughs> I'd like to try the final product, but other than that. Uh, Colin would probably put a stout in it. Yeah, like a double, a double stout. A double stout. stout. Double cycles. Cycles. Again, it's not Colin. It's oh. C-Nasty. C-Nasty would fill it with a stout. From the 301. From the 301. <laughs> um, speaking of beer. Um, speaking of C-Nasty. No, speaking of beer. The Roast House Pub has oh. a few great events coming up. Sponsored by C-Nasty. Nah. First <laughs> debut album. Um, on November 30th, this Thursday, Mom's Spaghetti Dinner. I don't know what round this is, but it's multiple rounds. Mom's Spaghetti. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Your <laughs> arms are heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Jail, it'll be Jailbreak versus Monument uh, Brewing, which both of them will be in studio um, shortly before... They battle it out at Roast House Pub. I don't think it involves an actual rap battle or Is it a freestyle. I, there may be, I don't know. Well, I'm gonna go. I you, think you see nasty. You can come. I can come uh, if Bump Nasty wants to drop a few <laughs> verses right here. I'll, I'll pop in studio. There's only one bless way you with some to bars. make sense of this. You gotta play it now. Yeah. <laughs> so, bless you with some bars. I've never heard. So that everyone much. should get around. <laughs> I mean, well, you're deep in the game, you know. Um. So I'm struggling. I'm sorry, Nico. <laughs> so it'll be Jailbreak versus Monument at uh, Roast House Pub. Then December 12th, I expect everyone in this room to be there. There will be the Old Mother Beer Dinner featuring the Old Mother Uncapped Bandwagon IPA. Ooh. I will be there. We'll be there for that for sure. And you guys should What blow. time is it again for all the view, all the listeners who don't know? Uh, December 12th. December 12th. That, and I believe it starts at 6, but you should check Roast House Pub's website or Facebook page on the events tab. It has all of the uh, information, nothing about Colin or C-Nasty, and a link to purchase tickets for it. You, oh, you have to purchase thank, tickets. Thank you. Ro- well, <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> thank you, Roast House Pub, for your continued support. And thank you, Colin, for ruining what would have been a beautiful ad. It was the best ad he's ever received. <laughs> and any, Do we have the video? Can we roll the video? Can we try um, the McClintock's Reserve? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to yeah. dish it out? Oh my God. Absolutely. I'll and take some, too. I'll make it easier on you as I rudely pour myself first. Yeah, on, very rude. Go. The Tyler thing to do. Classic. Classic, Classic Tyler. Tyler. Classic Tyler's peg. very rude. We should all boo him because he's bad. Is yeah. that a little sample of yeah, what's that was it. That's what that is what you're going to get on uh, December second at the one. C nasty is in the house. Double motorcycle is uh, gonna take a break to uh have some uh rap battling with what's the, what's one <laughs> of the other bars, bands? What'd you say? Yeah. What's that? Drop bars. Yeah, bless, bless, bless you with some bars. Bless, you with, bless some bars. you with some bars. What's up with islands? Get more land. What? <laughs> he almost... <laughs> spit that out. That was great. That's the first spit take oh, right. of the Uncapped podcast. Is. There's gin all over all over Brayden right now. As much gin as a third of an ounce. Yeah. <laughs> so at, 
what I like about this one, it's even smoother than um, the regular gin. And it's higher proof. Which is, seems completely counterintuitive. Or is that because of all the copper? Uh, close. You definitely Yeah, the barrels kind of filter out some of the harsher oils that come through the botanicals, mellow them out a little bit, so you get this really smooth yeah, product. Yeah, smooth. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it's almost so, 100 proof, too. That's yeah. great. How much are those bottles? Probably like $1,000. $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, $1, 6200 but they're on sale for $62 <laughs> now. <laughs> old lady over here painting. <laughs> Clutching his purse. <laughs> Man. Yeah. The, right. It's worth it, though. The cognac cast, you know. <laughs> no, it is they absolutely. They cost the arm and the leg. It's amazing. Yeah. It's really good. It's a, really a steal, it's really, really I, good. I would say. What a deal I usually, for $62. What a deal. I usually what pick up three or four. I think for those yeah. who are playing your one-year party, do we get five bottles each? Uh, We might get – you could get a, yeah, a bottle of it. Yeah. And we'll give it to you. Between we'll all of you. We'll give it to you for 3% off as the talent. Three. Yep. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> It, there, that is one thing um, universally that's said about you is your generosity. It oh, is. Yeah. It <laughs> is. That's what we're known but, for, really. Yeah. See Nasty don't play that. Okay. <laughs> Never. A case of that or we don't show. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if that's going to be a hard decision for them. <laughs> so there's only going to be five acts? <laughs> one, one band just canceled. <laughs> All right. So you've been in uh, – business for a year now well going on a year you're very close yeah um so try to make it to there we're we're gonna give it our all yeah um what has been the biggest surprises uh i think we didn't expect to move as many bottles as we did we kind of had a really slow small growth business plan um so it was I mean, it, it's it was wonderful to see, you know, especially with the Forager just kind of start taking off. Um, out of all the products, I would have predicted the Forager to be the least popular, mostly because gin is just such a small spirit. You're category. bringing it back, though. Yeah, it seems. I think people like that. It's really it's very different than your standard gin. Um, Most people are used to your typical London dry. Just yeah. Bulls you over with juniper. Yeah. So that was. I mean, a, a very pleasant surprise. Uh, I was surprised on how many hours I can go without sleeping. It was a nice surprise there. How good you are with brides at weddings. Yeah, the wedding industry oh, was yeah. a big surprise. That was, we did not expect event rentals to be such a big part of our business. I think we were open two days in October, and I'm sorry for anybody that came down during there and couldn't get in. Yeah. We had a lot of people show up on Saturdays not so happy. Yeah. Oh, Some people had, like, driven a couple hours to come. Yeah. I had, like, a lady almost in tears. Like, I very fortunately, like, chased her up the hill, not knowing that she was that upset with a bottle to give to her. And when she turned around, she was, like, about to start crying. Yeah. Her she husband, may want your d- – was it the gin? I gave her the bottle of gin, yeah. and she still didn't seem too, <laughs> too pleased. Yeah. She was not pleased at all. Yeah. She may have wanted that a little bit too much. Too much. Too much. Too much. <laughs> it was a problem. Yeah. Um, so that's been fun, and we finally hired somebody, so we don't have to deal with 
weddings anymore, so <laughs> which is wonderful. I've heard though that brides are very like generally calm and yeah, pleasant we've, during we've their... all, We haven't had actually a single bad bride. We had one, one. bad oh, well, mother, of, mother of the bride. Yeah. It was more of the mother of the bride. Yeah. No names, but <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it was you know most people who are choosing to get married at a distillery. It's usually pretty low key, nice and relaxed. They're just looking to have a good time and. You know, we give them You're a whole bunch of that. alcohol, and we, we did have, have one have dry time. wedding at the distillery. That was too, an interesting which was confusing. one. That, that, was that an is interesting a one. All the guests are coming up like, oh, I want that. Like, <laughs> can't, but I see it. I want it. Like, I want that. Like, here's a nice. Like, so they got married at a distillery, and they're not serving alcohol. It's like <laughs> we must must be too cheap. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only thing I can figure out. And you, yeah, you need to bump those events uh, unless I want to have something there. Then, then really then you're bump way, it up. Yeah, way, way yeah. overpriced. Yeah. yeah, bumper it up. And so, <laughs> oh, killing it, Colin. You're I killing see, it today. Yeah, he's on a roll. See how much he livens Grabs up. Grabs his water. Like, I'm <laughs> done here. I don't need. A... Wait. <laughs> and um, what's up with so, the islands? So can uh. And actually, like, like people couldn't even buy a bottle and then drink it there, right? Because you yeah, off premise only. Yeah, so yeah, that's something. Could you Damn, give samples no. though? Not if For, it's a dry wedding. Uh, actually, if they're not serving any alcohol, we could do yeah. samples technically. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Usually, as soon as they bring in beer, but yeah, or that would wine, be insulting to the wedding, out. so we yeah, probably it would wouldn't. be a little bit. Oh, you know there was a bunch of there was at least three or four groomsmen with flasks in their pockets. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. These people are gonna make oh, yeah. me come here and <laughs> definitely. There were definitely some people sneaking in drinks. It's the way, yeah. I think the drunkest I've ever been has been at dry weddings. <laughs> you have to. It's the only way I can like handle these shots in the bathroom yeah, and you come out like, oh, yeah. That's a great line. The drunkest I've ever been is at a dry wedding. You should work that into your, that. your rap game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me come in. Come up with some rhymes. We'll, we'll Keep going. Down. So, <laughs> is, is that the um, the major is the majority of re- event rentals weddings, or yeah. is it across the board just all kinds? Of- it's mostly weddings. We do some like corporate parties and some after hours, just like small birthday parties, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Um, so when you were planning, your business plan didn't include not in, not uh, until yeah. we got the space that we got. Um, but once we were in down there downtown, it's a Big, beautiful, old, historic building. Yeah, for no one, anyone who hasn't been there absolutely needs to go check out the distillery because it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So we tried to do it up a little bit nicer. We, you know, we really Class just up wanted the to, joint. yeah, just yeah, kind of make. If that it, was a strictly distilling production facility. We could do like two million bottles a year out yeah. of it. So <laughs> until we get there, it's, it was a little bit overkill. So as soon as we found that spot, we knew we had to utilize it a little bit differently and do a little bit of a focus on events. And so as we expand, we'll probably look to expand off-site and continue to kind of keep that at, at the same size it is. So you're going to expand? We've been Someday. talking about it. Already one year in? Wow. You know I always want a bigger still. <laughs> <laughs> at least five more. Yeah, and Tellers a wanted a bigger still three months before we opened. <laughs> before we got our first still, I was I had my eye on a, on a second bigger still. We need it. They're like, clearly we're not meeting demand yet. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> How – so is – how um how close are you to not like being f- hitting your production or is, we're, we're yeah, that's good. the right word that's the one our I was looking problem capacity. is events so we're shut down so often for events that we don't get to distill as okay. much as we want to so right. if we had a twice the capacity of the still I could distill half as often 
it wouldn't be a problem that we're closed three or four days a week for private events of some right. variety. And we were hoping to have filled more whiskey yeah. barrels. Um, you know, we have we got 26 racked up right now, but we'd like to have the rye and bourbon as two of our core products that we'll always have available. And right now, it'll probably just be yeah. batches of limited release it's only a throughout next year. Couple thousand bottles that'll be gone in a few months. Yeah, so we'd like to do a lot more, get a lot more in barrels, which. Uh, which we need space for. However, though, and I, this could be completely wrong, so just tell me to shut up. And, but w- whenever a new distillery opens, they they produce white or unaged products just as a stopgap. Mm-hmm. However, despite what you thought was going to happen, your gin has become a huge product for mm-hmm. you. So it, does that take a little bit of the pressure off of having to get to that point where you have a lot of age? It or? doesn't, it doesn't. For a lot of people, you kind of whiskey drinkers are the people who will walk in and say, do you have any bourbon? And if, if you don't, they're just turning around, they're leaving. And they're, we will in three months. And they're, all right, I'll see you in three months. Okay. So it'll be a, a different aspect. So you have a whole new market. customer yeah, base exactly. once you do have the so aged but mainly like rum drinkers and whiskey drinkers are very loyal to their products. They will get people in like, you don't make rum. That's all I drink. I'm out of here. Okay. I only drink gin now. <laughs> Perfect. Forager gin. Yes. For, forager specifically gin. forager gin. And now gin. McClintock reserved cognac finished and <laughs> I don't know what we name things anymore. Whatever we name There's names. a lot of words on that label. Yeah. That was, we went back and forth with the federal government trying to get this label approved. They, continuously change what they it took want. took about two months to get this label approved. And if we, we, we didn't get what we wanted in the end of the day, we probably could have if we got a lawyer involved and some time, but That's not it's worth time it. and money we don't have. So what, is it the use of the word cognac that they don't like, or what? So because we were the first ones to go for a cognac barrel-rested gin, they were really confused. Barrel-rested gins are, oh. as itself, a really new product category. So, for example, like bourbon or gin. Have so it was the really first email specific. back to you just, why do you want to do this? Yeah, it or? kind of was. It was like, what, what is the, the documentation of proof that you're aging this in a, in a cognac cast? It's like, what do you want from us? Like, I think they wanted a bottle. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> like, yeah it's been, they were it's, angling for a... Yeah. I, I, so yeah, we, that, it's been a lot of back and forth because it's not so clearly defined what you can and can't do for a barrel-aged gin. Um you know, we had to we had to tweak it a few times, and I think the final one that they approved for us was Mc- <laughs> limited release McClintock Reserve gin finished in cognac barrels. That rolls right off. I the know tongue. it just it's so catchy. It's yeah, so catchy. We wanted to do it like the other one, where you put gin up here and then do kind of cognac finished barrels in the bottom, but they would not allow it. They wanted gin and finished in cognac barrels to be in one continuous When, when you sentence. move the mic away, you then have to move it back. Is that how it works? Yeah. I thought that that's what yeah. his job was. <laughs> no, I, well, I think You're actually – <laughs> I, I like the, to be far away. I think Graham's problem is I've seen him give you the side eye a few times that you didn't pass him any of the – Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm thinking. Here, how about this one? Yeah. Oh, it's all in the glass. That's, oh, he's not working Thank- the rest of the day. <laughs> Thankfully, done. that wasn't clean. <laughs> I know. I figured that was left over from uh, whatever wine or your cider you had left. But I'm sure it A third knows. of an ounce isn't going to do him <laughs> until he likes to wet his whistle. Good. It's really, really good. I, I'll, I'll take another I'll one take of some those. Yeah, That's... we'll do another round. Another round with Brandon on it. <laughs> 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 there we go. 
And this it is, is for me to see if I can not talk about myself. And five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so the um I usually wait till the end, but I I, I just have a end. feeling no it's not. I have a feeling that you're going to have a good answer. Um ha, what's the most ridiculous review you've ever received? Oh. Oh. The most ridiculous review we've legitimate ever reviews or not legitimate <laughs> reviews. From our competitors or not from our competitors. <laughs> oh, you've had that happen? Oh yeah. Um, like a, I'm just gonna pour my own. Yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. <laughs> um, Braden's bad at counting. Yeah, that's really what it Which is. Which is good because he's also our accountant. <laughs> <laughs> but so, I will second that he is bad at counting. <laughs> so maybe you haven't sold as many bottles. Yeah, that's you. right. It's like we're actually bankrupt this, <laughs> this week. It's like I forgot to carry the decimal point. Like commas, decimals—they're mm-hmm. so tricky. They're tricky. Um, I can't think of a good one. You uh, the worst one. review we've only got one. F- we we got the we only got one four star, and it was because they couldn't find us because we had like no. We were speakeasy for like the first six months, and like didn't realize you need a sign or anything like that. Important things, and so they <laughs> they couldn't find us, and so we got like a four star review for that. But our reviews have been there's some, there's been some good. The you, one you, person you said read them more than I do. Came to, they were going to come back and steal the dog. They said they uh, wanted to take Ryder, and they're like, I'm coming down next week to steal the dog and take it home with me. But I can't think that of That seems more of like a criminal threat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and we're like, oh, we got to keep an eye on Ryder this week. But, yeah. I don't know. They make me too anxious to read the reviews. So I stay away from them. <laughs> we get nervous. We should look up reviews right now and read them to them. Find me the worst one. Yeah. All right. While we're talking, I'll, I'll see if I can find. Um, what, what is your biggest goal for year two? That's a real question. Well, Tyler's is to get a laser and a larger still. Mm-hmm. Larger still and a laser. Mm-hmm. Maybe a laser-powered still. That's <laughs> laser-powered <laughs> still. Just something you're working on in your free time? Imagine that on the label. Well, Distilled by laser. Everyone would buy that. Oh, everyone would buy that. Very niche. This is the part of the podcast where we switch to talking about lasers for the rest of the yeah, time, I was, right? I was under the impression we were talking about lasers. <laughs> That's the only reason you showed up. Uh, we pretty much have a, like... Probably seven or eight products. I should have looked this up because you—it's completely boring. Yeah, Yeah. an average rating of five of five out of what? Five? Yeah. How is that average? No, (laughs) all of their reviews average. Oh, (laughs) brain got it right away. Brain just laughs. You guys, (laughs) you're lyrical geniuses. (laughs) Those are all reviews written by ourselves, by the way. This place is so perfect that I want to take it home with me, exclamation point, exclamation point, See, exclamation now we're talking point. about they're going to break in and take all of our things. Yeah. People <laughs> just, like, theft. stealing things from us. It's just a list of uh, terrorist threats. <laughs> all right, so, yeah. One, that review, can... one review just says, I visited McClintock Distilling with little to no background knowledge on the liquor. I'm sorry. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But hey, they gave you five. Oh no, you can expand it. There's more. These people wrote books. Yeah, uh, that that person was definitely really there. That's three paragraphs. Yeah. (laughs) I hope they were all definitely really there. (laughs) Wow. Hey, never mind. Yeah, that was a stupid question because it's nothing but five stars and oh, we love you. We're gonna steal stuff from you. We need a (laughs) we need a bad one. Yeah. Better security. Here's a bad one. Overpriced reserve. As he sips it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous that rare stuff costs more. It's stupid. <laughs> stupid expensive. Sell that cost. Be gone within a day. <laughs> well, I mean. It's so smooth. 
it's, it's so pretty, almost as smooth good. as you. It's so good. Mm-hmm. See nasty. So good. That's that's smooth smooth bars. flow like see nasty. Yeah. So you had said, um, <laughs> how many viewers do we have? We're zero right now. <laughs> is everyone, like, just, as soon as we say things like that, it just goes <laughs> back to zero. We gained one back to zero. <laughs> so the, you had said the, um, stipulations for that they're, they look at the guidelines and stuff for aging closely. What, what type of guidelines are there for aging in barrels? Um, so Whiskey is pretty well set. Like, it has to be white American oak. They'll check to make sure that it's aged, that your age statement matches up with how long it's actually in. So we submit a report every month to the the TTB. They see, it's like, oh, well, these guys didn't start producing whiskey until October of 2016, and they're releasing a five-year bourbon this year. Then some some red flags will go up. Um, But it has to be charred, white American oak, all this stuff. With gin, they don't have those stipulations, so it's good for us because we can be creative. The downside of that is that, um, you know, we, for whatever reason, they decided you can't call it barrel-aged gin. It has to be barrel-rested gin or oaked gin, something like that. Um, and I'm not sure who makes these decisions, but, you know, some somebody does. And it's confusing because old, older companies will be grandfathered in. Like yeah. You can look at it, you can find barrel-aged gins out there, but... We can't make a barrel aged gin anymore, oh, even good. if we make mm-hmm. it in the exact same process that they do. Because they were making one yeah. before. Right. So that seems so arbitrary yeah. and ridiculous. At its, at its core, it's the purpose is to confuse the customer. To as not much as confuse the customer <laughs> as much as possible. But I think what you're getting out of it is just like this gibberish that people don't understand. And so, like, you know, they wanted to make sure that gin and cognac were together that they're in the same font so people know it's gin finished in a cognac cast so people don't pick it up and expect to get you know hennessy and what we actually get is a product that i don't think anybody knows what the hell it is yeah but they like they don't let us call it a gin for them this is not a gin despite that it's a gin that just happened to spend four months in a barrel all of a sudden it's no longer a gin now it's a gin finishing cognac barrels that's the official name of it in product category which it's is fun. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah totally. So then what's the difference between barrel aged and rested in a barrel? Is N- nothing. Nothing. Wh- words. So in their eyes, what's the difference? The, it or might confuse really... people with a whiskey because all the whiskeys have, you know, aged, barrel aged, whatever, and however it goes. No, no. That's yeah. a good question for a lawyer or somebody who works for the federal government. We we just follow the rules. That just seems Loosely. so loose. Yeah. <laughs> to a T. To a T. Every single thing that's happened. Always. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our CFR book is about 400 pages long of what we can and can't do and what we can call stuff and what we can't call stuff. So we know it like the yeah. back of our hand. The guidelines for starting a distillery is like a, a one and a half page document. And then for naming your products is like a 60 page document. We got to be can't confuse people can't confuse people wouldn't want to do that um and so education seems to be becoming a big part of your Mm -hmm. um business also providing classes on was that something you always planned on doing yeah that was we had been talking about doing these classes because there isn't too much around uh in the mid-atlantic area for you to go there's entire universities that you can go study distilling 
down in Kentucky. The West Coast has a ton of programs, and we wanted to do something like that in this area. Um, we weren't sure how successful it was going to be, but we've seen a change just in the last three to five years where the consumer, people who like spirits, really want to be educated about it. It's kind of they're they're going in a direction where they want to know how it's made, yeah. what goes into it, you know, what makes different whiskeys different whiskeys. And we've been, you know, it's I think we've had every class we've offered <clears throat> gin, whiskey, uh, whatever so, it is, has been sold out. So it's good to see people are interested in learning more. And that's good for us because we want people to know what's going in their product. That's what makes craft special and different is that, you know, you use unconventional ingredients or you use premium distilling methods or whatever it is um, yeah. versus some of the bigger houses. We so get thousands of people who come through for tours every year and the amount of misinformation in the liquor industry and liquor world and what consumers think of how products are made is it's, it's amazing. Like the number one, when I tell people that whiskey comes off is still clear and all color comes from the barrel, 50% of people, if not 75% of people, you can just see they're like, what? Like, what, what do you mean? Why is my whiskey not coming off as still brown? Like, well, well, I think there was like a recent survey that found that an alarming number of Americans think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not surprising. Like, and it wasn't Wait, an onion article. Are you, <laughs> are you saying that they don't? No, it does. Okay, it's okay. okay. You go we're, back. You're okay. It's only everyone knows it's from California. When cows are happy, they make chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every, it's common knowledge. Everybody knows. I don't know that. who would think that chocolate yeah. cows make chocolate milk. Happy <laughs> California morons. <laughs> that's who morons. So, well, I, it, well, like a year ago, all of my knowledge about distilling came from watching Moonshiners on Discovery Channel. So mm-hmm. it's <laughs> how many bubbles? <laughs> yeah, so that that was that was the extent of what I knew about the process. And that, honestly, Moonshiners sparked a lot of this across the country. Like the interest in in distilling and spirits from that show exploded. Like it was, it's amazing. That's a lot of people come in, like, that's their knowledge. Like, I've seen moonshiners, like, we'll include it in part of our tours. Like, have you ever seen, what's, everything's a thumper, right? Everything's yeah. <laughs> a thumper. Ever seen, like, like the, the, the worm or the condenser? Like, that's how we explain things. Then they click for people all of a sudden. You see that, um, starts talking like Popcorn Sutton. <laughs> have someone I, walk I around with I wish I could talk like Popcorn Sutton. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> Spill out some, uh, reserve form. <laughs> The um, what is the hardest product to make? Mm, whiskeys probably. There's it's a lot very of, finicky. I yeah. mean, the gin. Once we get it going, it's kind of like it's a long distillation, but it's, it's fairly constant. Versus whiskeys, you, you're constantly t- tasting it, constantly looking for changes and nuances, like cut in and out of what we're collecting. We spend a lot of time on our whiskeys. Okay, now the real question I was going to ask, because I just threw that in there because I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the, and I, I guess, like, one of the parts why it's so great that you guys and some other distilleries offer the edu- the like, seminars is because, theoretically, you can't distill at home. So if you want to learn about it, you're not supposed to right. have your own still at home. Whereas like, if you want to learn about wine production – or brewing beer, it, you can try it out at home. Yeah, you take that or, home. or you go to um, a, a supply store that a lot of them have. Yeah, the, the, the do-it-yourself. Yeah, so 
theoretically you can't do that with distilling so if you want to learn about it you either watch moonshiners or you go to mcclintock and mm-hmm. take a yeah. Some people beat around the bush that they're doing at home. Some people, some people don't. <laughs> Just like, dive right we in. We all know who's doing it at home based on the questions. They yeah. ask. <laughs> so when in this step, yeah. what do I do here? <laughs> Who is super interested in how the steam works? And like the, <laughs> it's like you can always uh, tell by what they're looking at, what they're taking pictures of, who's thinking about starting a distillery, who distills at home, who just wants to know more to talk to their friends about it. So the, the um, illegality of operating your own still is it the actual using it, or if you were to sell the product? Uh, or can you not distill spirits the, at I'm, all on you're your own? In Maryland, I don't think you can distill yeah, spirits at You're not supposed to home. home distill at all. With, okay. with somewhat of a good reason, because if you're not doing it correctly and you're just pumping your garage full of ethanol gas, <laughs> you'll explode your house. Oh, yeah. So that, there is there is a you're good You're not going to do that when you make it. wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what, that's what I usually tell people is if you make a bad batch of beer, you know, it sucks and you pour it out. You make a bad batch of wine, it sucks, you pour it out. If you mess up your condensation on your distillery, you blow up your garage, and that's there's no way around that. So there, there is good reason behind it um, just to kind of keep somebody who doesn't know what they're doing from doing it. But if you are interested and you do want to do it, there are ways. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> like to, to take a class at pretty taking a class. Well, said there's um, there's a a homebrew product called Pico Brew where it's like the home, the microwave dinner yeah, of brewing. Yeah, they're popular and, now. But they also they have a still now too. Oh really? But it's it's sold as a um. Probably an essential oil. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's sold as an essential oil or a hop oil extractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same <laughs> difference. I mean, we use a hop oil extractor to do proofing on spirits that have sugar in them. They're pretty much the same premise. You wouldn't be able to make much on those little things, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, I wouldn't keep up with calling a C nasties. <laughs> he respect. He thinks that you're finally getting his name right. That's spelled C nasty. <laughs> What is, is there your, a hyphen in there or no? Um, going hyphy? When this episode started, there was a hyphen. We've dropped it. We just dropped it. Check back at the end. Very okay. progressive. <laughs> so what's your favorite mainstream spirit? Like what category? No, just like a brand. Like a, from a big house? I like yes, Basil Hayden. Mainstream. Yeah. Basil Hayden's a good house. product. I'll answer for you. He likes Monkey 47. What what is that? That's not mainstream. That's pretty mainstream. If you like it's nationwide distributed gin, you like it's really good. Is it expensive? Very expensive. How much is it? I don't. I've never had it. It's somewhere between forty and sixty bucks for a three seventy five milliliter. That's a small bottle. Small bottle for those that don't speak in made up numbers. Yes. Your typical is seven fifty milliliters. Smaller bottle. So you only like gin? You don't like whiskey? No, I like whiskey too. How's it compared to Forger gin? I mean, it's not as good, obviously. Obviously, yeah, but uh, it's pretty good. They, it's they try. It's German, so there's a lot of nice spice in there. They definitely just ripped off our recipe. Yeah, you know, they've been doing it longer than yeah. us. Can they knew tell, what we were gonna do. Can you tell us a little about your music career? Yeah, uh, about it. Uh, well, I was a very talented rapper back in the day, which is, I think what we're we're getting at here. <laughs> uh, also, I also played the banjo and bass, but my rap career was really what vaulted me to stardom. Mm-hmm. Did you play the banjo while you rapped? 
Uh, no, I think that should be the next move here. If, do you need a banjo player slash rapper for double motorcycle? I do. All right, perfect. As that's that was what you're looking. Well, for. I was going to start a that's side project called break. Nasty. Oh, okay. I so like bump that. nasty, see nasty. What are you going to be? Just nasty. That's a real shame they canceled American Idol because you guys would kill <laughs> it. On well, it. they're still the voice. <laughs> or America's Got Talent or something. Come out yeah. to the one-year anniversary party, a special set from Bump Nasty. See <laughs> Nasty and, and Bump Nasty yeah. together at last. Get the, get the band back together. I picked out our outfits, so don't worry. Cool. You got a chain. You got <laughs> that's nice one, chain that's one less thing for you to worry Perfect. about. Perfect. Big elephant chain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is um so the gin is gin's what you really like mm-hmm. is your gin exactly what you want it to be or do you feel like there's still tweaks you want to make to, or is it exactly what you want to drink i think for the style that we were going for for this one like a nice american aromatic gin this is you know we we went through a bunch of different recipes to come up with this one and i'm we're really happy with the way this one came out if I'm looking for like a nice like lighter citrus gin or something that's a little more floral, I'll use something else. But I think for what the forager is, it came out as good as he loves it. As good as we can make it, <laughs> he loves it. Yeah, <laughs> my wife agrees. Nice. Yeah, it's a, also a really nice it. gin. I'm not wasn't a huge gin drinker going into this, but he is now. I drink drink this a lot. Just shake it over ice three times, strain it out. It's so drinkable, smashable. Smash! I mean, I smash the bottle when I'm done. <laughs> keeping it classy. Do you uh, do you plan on coming out with other variety, different uh, gin recipes? We were playing around with something for yeah. the summer, something a little more citrus heavy, cool. not so much spice. When um when are your first age whiskeys going to come out? It's Beginning a great of the question. spring. Yeah, we they're, we've been keep pushing them off, getting them a little bit more time in the barrel, but they'll probably be around early spring. So basically, when they're ready. Yeah, when they're ready. Yeah, we've been we've been saying they'd be ready in three months for like six months now. And it's probably gonna be another six months before they're really ready. Yeah, but they've been, they keep getting better, so we keep we keep sticking them in there and let them let them sit a little longer. So how often do you have do you take samples from them to try? Initially, not too often. We know that they need at least six seven months in there before we start really figuring out what's going on. But then we're, once we're getting closer to it, at least once a month, and then once we really get close to it, every couple weeks. It's a, fu- it's a hard job. <laughs> yeah, can we come by to try it? It actually is yeah. nerve-wracking. So we got those big yeah. stacks of barrels, and then you got a forklift, like, the, all of them up. So it means I'm in. It's a can lot we of capital yeah, tied up in there. Come, come on by. Yeah, and we'll, yeah. Be, we'll be like, put this out now. Yeah. Wait another three weeks. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we were waiting for your final approval. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Yeah. So Chris, Chris got a chance to try some oh of the, uh, the 12-month-old oh. yesterday. Oh, thanks. Class. It was really good. Thanks. <laughs> How about that nine-day-old, though? Mm. That was That's on point. <laughs> so uh, originally, uh, I'd forgotten that like the top two left barrels were just filled with water because we were soaking them out. Oh, is that why? I so saw you come out I like, come over and grab like, some. I don't know even know why I thought about it, but I looked up there, and I thought, I was like, I pulled from those barrels. That's going to be water. And I went <laughs> over there and smelled it, and I was like, Yep, that's just water. They would not. Oh, this this nine day old is very light, so very smooth. easy to drink. So smooth. Yeah, it's like water. It goes it's down like water. So refreshing. <laughs> so yeah, I I took um, the distilling one on one class yesterday, and it was awesome. I've taken other classes uh, that is were this also. The best? I've only taken two. Uh, was they this were, better? <laughs> they were. 
They were both great for what they were. No, which one was better? <laughs> the, well, the, this one is better. Ooh, okay. <laughs> drew the t- drew it out. Yeah. There, well, the other one was bourbon. This one was uh, whiskey. Rye. And rye whiskey, which we learned was uh, a large part of what was produced in Maryland. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was. We were Number the one. third most, um, the third largest producer of rye whiskey before Prohibition. Behind only Pennsylvania and Kentucky. Wow. Nailed it. I got an A. I wrote the A on myself, Mm -hmm. but I did get an A. Yeah, there are lots of quizzes involved, which is what's fun about the class. You get less than 80, the class is twice as expensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A nasty. (laughs) So what is, after, was it just simply like, prohibition killed that and then distilling did it took a long time for distilling to come back to maryland yeah it, it was that and a large portion of the distillers that were here even after prohibition they operated for another decade or two and the taxes in maryland were so much higher than they were in kentucky uh, um, so that a lot of them most of the distillers that are in Kentucky now came through Maryland and they started here and they just started kind of slowly going down there. So pretty much any rye whiskey you find being distilled in Kentucky from an older distillery is going to be from a Maryland distiller that moved down there. And a lot of the bourbon guys started in Maryland as well. And that was simply his uh, rye is a popular crop here. Yeah, it's grown really well in our beautiful clay-heavy, rock-infested Maryland soil. We have rye grows great. So that description seems counter to <laughs> the at, the adjective of beautiful. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's beautiful <laughs> and the, yeah, that's that's what they prefer. So it works great. Um, yeah, so there's that's a lot so of rye here. Nobody really liked eating it. So most of the Germans that were settled here in Western Maryland. The Germans' first thought always is, how can I make this into something I can get drunk on? And yeah. rye whiskey was kind of born. By people. Yeah, Tyler's people. So the first class I took was a bourbon class. Mm-hmm. And it was, I wouldn't say it was high level. It was a little more high level than um, the Distilling 101 McClintock classes, where Braden is obviously a genius. And... <laughs> Uses a lot of big words. <laughs> Might have um, been a little science heavy on Monday. <laughs> no, but it was good. It was mm-hmm. it it was it was presented in a very easy to follow way and an entertaining way. And I, another thought I had was it had to have been an incredible amount of work for Tyler to have all the stages of production like queued up so that the class could do every bit of the. Yeah, we went over for about 20 minutes the day before. <laughs> so never mind. Yeah. Yeah. He phoned it in. and Somehow just... it turned out perfectly. Like, I think we looked at each other at like 1.30 and we were like, we were literally to the minute where we thought we'd be. This is going well. Yeah, it was <laughs> incredible. Why. We were like, all right, I think if you start the mash, the mill at like 8, maybe we'll like time it. So like when we're talking about like enzymes, we'll go over and you'll put in the enzymes and do it. And we're like, it'll be close. Just like, you know, we'll go back and forth and they can figure it out. And it was on the dot. Like, we finished talking about alpha amylase, and Tyler puts up his hands, like, it's time to go in. It's like, so we'll just try to do that again. So you could have lied and said you spent weeks making sure. Did I not say that? What did I say? I I completely meant that we'd been doing mock mock runs for weeks. Yes. (laughs) Making sure the timing. I get my stopwatch going. Mm -hmm. 
phoned it in. Yeah, no, it just worked out. Sometimes things do. Yeah, we, 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 I mean, I've done enough distillations and mashings. We know about how long it's going to take. We know how long he's going to sit there and yap his mouth for. Way too long. <laughs> Way too long. Way too long. <laughs> so then the one of the best parts of um, the class is you get to take home white whiskey that you turn into uh, some aged oh, rye yeah. whiskey. Yeah. They pretty much got to see the process for how we make our white whiskey from start all the way through finish and get the bottled and labeled two of their own bottles at the end. Then they go home with a, a little mini Kentucky barrel cask that they can age it in. Yeah. Which so, bottle and batch number did you put on your bottle, by the way? Uh, I really put a lot of thought into it. Uh-huh. I put one of one nice. and then one of two. Nice. Mm. I sat and struggled with that. Mm-hmm. I was wondering how many like O ones, O ones we were going to get, and then people are just trying to sell them off as batch one, bottle one. I just saved it. <laughs> uh, I did forge Braden's and t- uh, one of each of yours. I good. forged your names oh, on good. each good. one. On the back so, end. Yeah, good. Probably a nicer signature than we normally do. Yeah. You no, I scri- it's a scribble. Then you did my signature. You're, you're good. We've been you're trying good. to figure out what Braden's signature says for mm-hmm. since the beginning. I think it's Kevin something. It's like Kevin Lamont, <laughs> I mm-hmm. think is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I thought it said bump nasty, but I guess <laughs> I was looking at it sideways. The See, and one thing I learned yesterday is that there is now a cooperage in Maryland. Yes. Free I state cooperage. yesterday as well. Yeah, they're new. They're still... Um, we talked to them really early on in the process, so I haven't gone out to see their finished product, but um, they came in with a pretty good knowledge of the industry, which is really important because that is a really, really tough industry to kind of break, break into. Yeah, it's it's really an art form. So. Yeah, I think it's like a five-year apprenticeship before you even start making barrels yourself. Yeah, and it's then 10 years labor. after that, then you are an actual master cooper. So it's a, you know, these guys have been making barrels their entire life, and there's really not that many master coopers left to train it's new hard. people. So. Well, they only got to make one barrel a day to get a six-figure career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I would – the demand for barrels is probably higher than it's ever oh, it's been right? that's why we had barrels two years before we needed them they're now all nice and dried up mm-hmm. there was a huge shortage when we were when we were starting all this and so we picked up like 48 barrels well before we needed them and it's nice to use them within five six months of getting them it doesn't hurt to let them dry out but it makes it a pain we gotta re-swell them so we just fill them with water over and over and over can they dry out to the point where they can't be recovered, or it nah, would we always? We haven't actually expand? had a single barrel. We haven't been able to reswell. What about the little ones? For anyone that might uh, take home a barrel, drain it, and then forget about it for a while, for a while. and then it becomes really. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you can. If someone were to do, if that. somebody were to do yeah. that, that would be incredibly <laughs> irresponsible yeah. thing to do with their barrel, really. Um, and they should be chastised for letting <laughs> it dry out. But you can. They'll swell up no problem. If you do even have just, like, little leaks, a really quick fix is just take a piece of, like, envelope or cardstock paper, and you can tap in in between the staves, and that'll swell up, and it won't give any bad flavors. Uh, you can use beeswax, too, which fun. sometimes that. works and uh, sometimes better doesn't. Better success. Yeah. Rub it on with beeswax and hit it with a blowtorch, and it soaks into the, the pores of the wood. Yeah. So. I imagine don't hold it there for too long. Not though. for too long. Well, you, you can also use a laser. <laughs> <laughs> and should that be before or after you put the um, alcohol into it? With the, the laser? Blow, the blowtorch. <laughs> uh, typically we do that 
after if we see a leak. Then I'll, I'll lift the barrel up, okay. plug in a bunch of beeswax, and then hit it with a torch, and it'll cause it to kind of soak into the barrel, pulls okay. it in. So are the small barrels made by a Cooper too, or is the, are those easier to make than – or is that how you become a – if you like get, get a, your hours in to be a master. <laughs> that's how you put it in. It's pretty much just as hard to make. These super small ones, I think, are made on machines, like the, the little 2-liter, 5-liter, 10-liter. There's no other way to get the price down to where they are. But once you talk about anything like 10-gallon or more, it's exactly the same amount of labor that goes into them, which is why a 10-gallon barrel costs almost the same exact price as a 53-gallon barrel. Well, if they can make the small ones with the machine, you'd think that someone would have invented a... Yeah, I mean, they have hydraulic presses that they use to push the bands down. I mean, it's not what it used to be where they're going around the circle oh, okay. and slowly tapping down. But it's still, they have to play, individually place those staves for the most part. And it's it's like a puzzle. Yeah. And a lot of these places you go, they'll let you they'll have like a barrel and all the rings out. And they'll let you try to try to place them. No one ever does it. Yeah. I bet Colin could. Yeah, Colin yeah. will definitely do it. Yeah. That's C-nasty. not no one. Yeah. C-nasty, C-nasty, the Cooperage. The C That's stands for Cooper. That's what the C's for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cooper. Mm-hmm. Cooper nasty. Cooper nasty. <laughs> so can Back people um, can they just buy those barrels from you? Like if yeah. people yeah. want to like take, do you have do yeah. many people do that? Yeah, we have buy a, some a, of your whiskey and then take home a barrel also. And yeah, we have a deal. You get a barrel and two bottles. Um, you get your white whiskey bottles for a little bit cheaper, and then you could take it all home, age it yourself. Uh, it's this time of year we move a lot of them, so it's kind of a popular if you have somebody that loves whiskey uh you can you know sign the barrel and make it up nice and get it out to them it's a good idea it's Maybe a great uh, gift idea you know, if close anybody's your ears thinking of something to uh it's gonna put colin to work yeah i'm still um, waiting for my birthday stout chris <laughs> yeah keep waiting yeah. <laughs> so, um so would it be a bad idea to buy bottles of the McClintock Reserve and dumping those in the... No, you things? could do that, too. If you wanted something that was a little more oak-heavy, that had some more of those, like, uh, phenolic compounds in there, uh, you could definitely, you know, uh, oak them up a little bit more. Some I people see. I like thought that. that was just a stupid idea. No. Why would no. you mess with Brayden's the perfect very kind. Thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My answer was, was about to answer a different answer. Yeah. <laughs> Idiots. Uh, there's, uh, there's nothing wrong. You can't put anything. I was about to throw the chair. No wrong the way to drink your liquor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're buying bottles from us, you are more than entitled yeah. to do whatever you, you want. You want to dump them on the them. floor and then try to like smell what's coming yeah. off there. That's fine. <laughs> However, too. you want to do it. But it's also a perfectly acceptable way to consume it. Yep. We're all four people dropping bottles. I mean, it's good sales. <laughs> so since uh, the let's, I want to talk a little bit mainly selfishly, so I can plan out my next uh, aging sure. process. But that is really the the only legal way to do a small part of what you do at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after you after someone does their first run with um, your white whiskey through the barrel, what would you suggest? is the next thing that they run through it. It only gets, I mean, the sky's the limit. Like, we've got a little barrel that we first did a white whiskey, then we put a mead in, then we back to a white whiskey, now we're at a distilled Chardonnay, and, like, you can still pick up little traces of what was barreled in there two or three barrels ago. So, I mean, it's really whatever you want. You can even throw a beer in there. Typically when you do beers, they're actually wax the whole barrel to uh, eliminate a lot of the uh, evaporation. Okay. I had read that putting damp cloths on them occasionally too. That would do it. 
help prevent evaporation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a distillery, we actually want a little bit of evaporation. We want that barrel to dry out a little bit and expose it to air. It helps us release some of those more uh, astringent compounds. Um, Colin would probably put a stout in, I'm going to guess. Double yeah, stout. a double stout maybe? Doublestoutcycle.com. See mm -hmm. <laughs> nasty. See double stout cycle and C nasty reserve. I like that. Those are the two things that I want. I feel like you're stroking Christmas. out today. <laughs> what is um? What's your favorite Maryland beer? Favorite Maryland beer? Ooh, what have you been drinking recently? Oh, oh, Natty Bow. <laughs> oh, that's that's a not a Maryland one. beer. Yeah, it is. It's not brewed in Maryland. Yeah, it is. I don't know what my favorite Maryland Natty beer. Bow? I go all around on beers. Well, lately, what I've been drinking, I like. I've been drinking a lot of heavy seas lately. That's not Maryland. It's not? <laughs> I'm afraid. Why did I justify that? <laughs> <laughs> it's best. When it, 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 you need to learn, uh, just watch and observe. If Colin says I, I've, something. I've watched you just look just, at him and you, look away. Yeah, and you just keep time, talking. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> Braden, what's your favorite beer? Uh, From Maryland. I'm trying to remember the Natty the Bo? new the red yeah Natty Bow Natty Bow. Uh, Coors Light. The <laughs> red ale that yes, Attaboy put out. It's Redhead Red. Yeah, that's it. Neck uh, December 14th, second edition nice. of um, Uncapped Magazine comes out, and the homebrew recipe f in that um, issue is Fredhead Red. Nice. Cool. So you can make it yourself, I or could. just wait till they come out with or it I'll again just, and buy yeah. it, like I would do. They're pretty close. Yeah, by. <laughs> it's a lot easier. It is. It is. But anyone who wants to brew Fred Head Red themselves, cool. That's cool. That. And then you can get your new favorite next Friday. Skip your little party thing that you're yeah. doing or doing, yeah. and come to um, the uncapped. Old Mother beer release. I was going to say my next favorite Maryland beer to drink will be the Bandwagon IPA, so which be. I heard is fantastic. It's, it's not good. from Maryland. <laughs> I have a, my favorite Maryland beer to say. It's like the Marion Barium. <laughs> the Marion Berry? Oh, that yeah. was so good. So good. Yeah, I hope they make we that. You can't again. say that on the air, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can. Yeah. I, I'm not allowed to. Actually, no, you can. I don't care. Yeah. It's, it's been a long day. <laughs> sitting next to Colin. Yeah. See nasty. See nasty. nasty over here. Um, all right, so. Dropping wisdom on us. <laughs> yes, that's the word for it. Yes, well, it um, is. What else? Uh, do you oh have anything else coming up? How many times are you going to ask what else? Honestly. Do you have uh, any other events coming up that you want to, to tell everyone about? Yes. So this Thursday, Ooh. Uh, we're doing a cocktail takeover at the Wine Kitchen, which is going to be Ooh. awesome. They have they just sent me over the recipes, the four cocktails that we'll be doing. They're phenomenal, and they're going to be deeply discounted all day. And we'll be there um, giving out you know some McClintock swag. Um, like what? Shot glasses, sweatshirts, oh. sweatshirts. Hats, I was gonna say, I want a sweatshirt. Do you have a sweatshirt? I do not have a sweatshirt. It's a nice sweatshirt. They're, they're great. That's a limited Brady's edition. Yeah, not hype, this one. Brady's going to be a hype squad up here. I want his <laughs> cardigan. Oh. This is nice. Tyler will give this away this okay. Thursday. Yeah. At the we'll put a patch on it, and we'll sell it to you. Yeah. Um, By giveaway, we'll sell it to another, you. Another <laughs> 3 event. 3% we're, off for the talent. We're, 62. We're really excited for the uh, our first annual proper cocktail bowl, um, which is next Friday the 8th. Um, which we have a few tickets left for. We got 11 of some of the, just the most talented bartenders from Virginia, Maryland, D.C., 
Bill, the at the distillery, making a bunch of signature cocktails. You get Ooh. in, you get to try all of these different styles, different uh, recipes. It's not just our products. There's a lot of other local distillers that will be here providing their stuff as well. Um, and it's going to be really fancy. I just got my tuxedo last week. Oh, you gotta get, I, I a tuxedo. Need, I need to get a tuxedo. Now it's black tie optional, so it'll be. It's just gonna be really fun, really nice. What about night? shorts and a hoodie? You don't want us <laughs> yeah, to be shorts showing you up. Or like a tuxedo tee. Yeah, that's, that's tuxedo tee, camo acceptable. print tuxedo. Those oh. those will all work. Um, I saw it advertised as an ugly Christmas sweater party. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can make it work, but the, <laughs> no one will be turned away. The, the whole thing is uh, to benefit the American Cancer Society and Toys for um, Tots. And Toys for Tots. So we're trying to raise a lot of money for them. Um, uh, so to be good, it's a good be the time. Fanciest night the distillery's yeah. had yet, ever, or yeah. maybe ever. If you bring a toy, you get a free cocktail uh, when you get down. Ooh. So bring a toy if you do have tickets to the proper cocktail ball. Where can you get tickets? Uh, you can get them from our website uh, and through the Eventbrite page. So search proper cocktail ball. So um, if someone like Colin doesn't understand what a proper cocktail is, what does mm-hmm. that mean? Uh, well, I know Colin, Colin doesn't understand, but C Nasty has a real good handle <laughs> That's on it. That's exactly um, Seagram's gin and juice. Yeah, so we're we're, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're putting it on with uh, uh, the uh, proper bartenders, which is uh, he's a at-home bartending experience. Uh, it's run by Fabian uh, Raphael, and he. Fabian. Fabian. Yeah, it, 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 hell of a name. He it, looks like Fabian, he looks too. Like, he fits the part. It's incredible. I don't Fade think I've nasty. ever seen him not wearing a full three-piece suit. No. He's just wow. dressed to the nines and is incredible. Every drink he's made us has been one of the best cocktails I've ever had. So wow. he's running it all together, and he's brought some of his favorite bartenders, which are you know, just as good, and everybody's going to be there. So they're going to be really uh, upscale cocktails for a good – reasonable price so you're not gonna be paying like dc prices to drink cocktails all night it'll be between like eight and ten bucks and get some really nice stuff yeah they're they're nice they're Mm -hmm. fancy really good we had a taste testing a week or two ago and it was fancy we didn't get a lot (laughs) we didn't get a lot done that day i would say all right colin do you have any more enlightening questions what time does everything start on saturday uh, for the for the uh, one year party, we're open from noon to eight. The live music starts at three. Uh, the cigar rolling is going to start around one. The food will be there all day from noon to eight, um, and our rap battle will be at eight thirty after we're already after closed. Party. So on the roof. Yeah, yeah, on the roof. Yeah, yeah. We'd get um, the scissor lift out. You guys could do it up high. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Bring in my secret weapon. I'll, get mm-hmm. to, I'll buy some smoke machines. Yeah. Get a couple lasers. <laughs> Fab nasty. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Um, thank you so much for no, we're, coming. We're not done. Thanks for having oh, us. Oh, okay. We're just we're starting. Just oh. Okay. <laughs> Do you have? Is there anything else that you want to uh, talk about? I think we're good. Just, All right, cool. Thank you for uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks. Thank guys. you for making a delicious gin. That's an amazing reserve, huh? That is an amazing reserve. Which definitely huh. worth the sixty-two dollar price. Easily like, worth. Easily worth. That's Colin. Easily ignore worth. Ignore Colin. Um, the McClintock reserve. bucks and a is, PBR is worth <laughs> whatever they are charging at that moment. Oh, and at, at That's 60- how much our gin costs. You get a PBR and it's fifteen dollars. <laughs>
<laughs> so thank you for coming on. Thanks for uh, having Everyone us. should go to the one-year party. Yeah. The release of the reserve. Double stout cycle. Double stout yeah. cycle. Early um, next year release. Thank, thank you, you, everyone, for uh, listening and watching. Thanks Cheers. Thanks for house. Sorry about Colin. <laughs> <laughs> the Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Colin and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.